This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. They couldn't believe I didn't watch The Office. I've never seen The Office. Don't know about The Office. <laughs> Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Sings it for the end zone. Caught by Kelsey on a slant. Touchdown, Kansas City. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. Jay Tittleman a three for the tie. Off the backboard and gone. Jay Tittleman makes it in. happening in the sports world. As you know, Monty, Vaughn's been working on a couple of new pitches, the Eliminator and the Humiliator to complement his fastball, the Terminator. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I fear the Reaper today. Yeah, because I, I feel too. I just feel like death warmed over today. <laughs> I really do. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing, another edition of According to Jim, right here on 96.7 FM KBBE, or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner, joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, Mr. Steve Sell. Are you doing okay today? Need some sun therapy. You feel like you're in a slump. I, I, I feel, the weather has just got me down. This, this no sun. I can't stand it. I need some sun therapy. I need some 60-degree warm weather, which, from the sounds of it, Saturday and Sunday, sounds Ooh. like sounds like a little golf. If uh, You know, the one good thing about all this high wind, it does dry things out at the golf course. Well, Steve, normally I get my sunny disposition and my warmth and sun therapy from you because you're always so sunny and energetic I and am exciting. Chipper. I am chipper. You were here until 5 o'clock yesterday. Well, working on that spring sports magazine. We're excited about it. I've read all of it. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be a thriller. Okay. We can't wait to get that thing posted. <laughs> but Steve, it was a weird day yesterday. The NFL free agency moves continue to happen, and the Chiefs made their big move, and that was releasing Eric Berry. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. The Big 12 tournament really gets into the swing of things today. Did you stick around to watch either of the games last night? I just watched a little bit of the first game. I really didn't watch. Oh, the second game was great. I know. I didn't watch. And that and that might have knocked OU out of the NCAA tournament. Uh, Jay Billis, you know, he of the athleticism that he always talks about. Sure. Uh, did his, he did his power poll today, had his top 68 teams, and Oklahoma is not one of them. On all of the basketball power indexes, indices, whatever whatever you would refer to them as, they were showing them during the game and saying, if OU loses, and it was typically still around 50% that they would still make the tournament. But losing to West Virginia was not good. TCU, almost losing to Oklahoma State, was about to be bad for them. The basketball power index, whenever TCU was losing, was saying that if they lost, they have like a 5% chance of making wow. the tournament. Wow. And they are both now, or Oklahoma's now, would have been 20-12 and 12 if they had won, but TCU is 20-12. and 12. So, yeah, Oklahoma might be on the, on the bubble here. They might be one of those last four teams in, but they were both really good games. TCU had to hold on to win at the end. Did you see the near buzzer beater for Oklahoma? I did not see it. Well, West Virginia was leading by three and had a one-and-one one with about – Five seconds left. They miss the front end of the one-and-one. Oklahoma comes down. Guy stops on the right wing. He pumps once, steps into a three, buries it. We're going to overtime. But wait a minute. 
His foot was, was on, on the line. line. His okay. foot was on the line. Oh, Whenever man. he was going to take off, his foot was behind. Yeah. Then he sort of stepped into it, and that foot was right on the line. And it wasn't really close. And they were showing all the fans in the Sprint Center looking up at the video board, and all the Oklahoma players started to go, oh, no. Yeah, they started going. Oh, no. What a horrific loss for them. Well, I, I wrote in my uh, column that uh, this tournament is more for the have-nots than the haves, the teams that are on the bubble. They had a chance to do something. I think TCU, by winning their first game, got them in. And they can clinch it if they beat K-State. They play K-State today, and there's no Dean Wade for K-State. And that makes a big difference. Now, Cartier Jada Jada. Jada is back. But Dean Wade is so vital to that Kansas State team. It would not surprise me if TCU wins. And also, when you look at K-State, they know they're probably going to be a four or a five seed. What they do in this tournament probably ain't going to matter that much. So you just wonder about their motivation. Well, remember, Steve, a couple of years ago when KU was the number one seed and they were a little bit banged up at the time too, and they played TCU in the opening game. I think it might have been an 11-30 game or a 1-30 game, and they lost to TCU. But the general consensus was, oh, they're still going to be a number one seed. This doesn't hurt them at all. And maybe the same thing could be true about K-State. Now, they are not going to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, but losing in the first game probably wouldn't kill them well, too much. Well, I've been surprised about all the projections about K-State. Uh, I think it was was it Ken Palm or whatever that is, or even Joey Brackets. Ken Pomeroy. Yeah, Ken Pomeroy. And Joey Brackets had K-State last week as a six, and Joey's not a big believer in K-State. For one thing, he hates their non-conference schedule because, let's face it, K-State does not schedule – well in the non-conference. No. They really load up on a bunch of, you know, hammer. Well, and they have some bad losses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've got some bad losses. Now, I, have they been playing really well of late? I still, yes. And see, I still think, you got to look at what they did on the road in the Big 12. They were tremendous on the road in the Big 12. They were road warriors, and, and I thought they were, you know, they were the Big 12's best team on the road. I want to talk about the Big 12 tournament and especially the four games coming up today here in just a moment, but I alluded to it a moment ago, Steve. Adios, Eric Berry. Right. And I think that you are of the majority of the people that are starting to look around and go, is anybody home? There yeah. any, anybody on the defense any light, left any, around? Any lights on at the house? Hello, yeah. Eric, are you here? Justin, are, are you in the building? D, hello, are you here? I think you're one of those people that's starting to look around at the Chiefs' defense and is starting to get a little bit worried. Now, I think this was the right move. I think this was a move that had well, to be made. Yeah. But I still believe that this is clearing up space to go make a couple of more big moves. Well, do you, I, I really do believe that. Do you think Eric Berry really has anything left? No. I don't, I mean, he, I don't think he's had anything left for two years. He, uh, you know, he, he played so physical for so long, uh, for at least seven years. You know, he for seven years, he was, you know, pretty much there every game. But, you know, he is so banged up. He's got heel... Heel problems, there's no way he's going to have near the speed. You know, there was talk he was going to have heel surgery. Now he's not going to have heel surgery. It would not surprise me if Eric Berry announces his retirement. Beyond, I'll be honest. I mean, he overcame, uh, what was it, lymphoma? Hodgkin's lymphoma. Hodgkin's lymphoma. And if you can do that, that tells you what kind of, you know, what kind of person you are. But, but you know, in the playoff game, you know, he sat out all those games and he played against the Patriots. He couldn't do anything. He could Gronk just ate him alive. That was a really bad tryout for other teams to take a look yeah, at him. Yeah, and and I think, you know, given 
how much money he would command. I don't think a lot of teams are going to really be looking at him, but if, if he still wants to play, he's going to have to sign for a lot less money because there's, you know, 30 year old safeties that are, that have had cancer and have had all sorts oh, of injuries, heel and injury, Achilles injury. I mean, I just, I think for Eric Berry, I mean, I know he loves to play the game, but I think the best move for him would be be go ahead and retire. It'd be like buying a Camaro that has 380,000 miles on it. Right. And it might be really nice, and it might have been a really good car 10 years ago, but it's about to break down Well, one thing we have to look at, the Chiefs have a new defensive coordinator. They're changing their... Steve Spagnola. Yeah, and they're changing to a 4-3. That's one reason D Ford was let go. They just didn't feel like he was going to... He he was better fit for a 3-4. Yeah, he's a 3-4 guy. He's got to be way outside and rushing. You know, in a 4-3, your linebackers are a little more toward the middle, and he doesn't get to use his explosiveness. So, no Eric Berry, no D Ford, no Justin Houston. They got rid of Marcus Peters and Jarek Johnson the year before. This is a defense that's going to be almost unrecognizable next year. Don't forget about Daniel Sorensen. Daniel Sorensen. Don't leave him out. Yeah. And they've also, I think I might have said Allen Bailey the other day when talking yeah. about a defensive lineman. I meant Chris Jones. Yeah. Well, I, I wondered where you're going with that, but Allen Bailey's still a good player. So, I mean, at least the defensive line uh, is going to be probably okay next year. But boy, they're going to pick, they're going to use a lot of draft picks on defense. And now they got to find a center. Mitch Morris has left the Buffalo. And and you know, we talked about loyalty. You know, there's no loyalty on the players, and there's no loyalty on the owners. Because if you're on, if you were on the Chiefs this past year, you know how close you are to the Super Bowl, and you're going to leave the Chiefs to go to Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo's not going to do well, what, anything. What if it's not all Mitch Morse's fault? What if the Chiefs were not looking to negotiate with him? Well, but what if what if he was saying, "Hey, I want five years and twenty-five million," and they said, "We're not giving you anything." Well, that's like just that. it. I mean, all the players basically are asking way more than they're worth. And Why wouldn't you? Oh, of course. I mean, I think the players overvalue themselves, and then they. Why end up, wouldn't you? Yeah, but then they. Steve, come, I bet you overvalue yourself. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> I bet if you sat down with our contract negotiations as they come up here at some point, and you sit down at the table and you say, "I'm worth X plus X plus X plus," I do this. Here's what you should owe me. And our owners take a look at that and crumble it up into a ball and throw it in the wastebasket and say, "No, nah, we'll give you this." <laughs> I, well, I, I think you might you might throw you know, yourself up there a little. You more. know, I, I'm a paycheck to paycheck guy. I I never know where my next meal's coming from. The but food stamps that they get delivered here. That's every right. Day. That's right. You know, I've you know I, I I've you know I save if I if I get a pizza, I try to make it last three days. You know. He eats just one little nibble. Yeah, of I eat it. a little nibble there. So, yeah. In terms of Eric Berry, as his legacy will likely end with the Kansas City Chiefs, he was such an influential person for this organization, and was such an important piece to legitimacy with their defense. Because whenever he came into the league out of Tennessee, he was obviously such a huge pick. And the Chiefs were bad enough the year before in order to slide into a spot to be able to get Eric Berry. He was like a five or a six, I think. And Eric Berry, people don't really remember that he was in Heisman talks at Tennessee. Right. I mean, there was music that was made about him, a song called Eric Berry, Eric Berry. It's a really good song. 
I hope it's better than what you just said. It's saying. really good. Okay. I'll have to show it to you, Steve. Okay. But he was a really big-time college name. And maybe the best person to compare it to would be somebody like Tyron Matthew. That I think Eric Berry had that type of a buzz to him coming out of college. Now, Matthew put up a little bit bigger numbers in his, I guess, two years at LSU. But they played a fairly similar position. Tennessee wasn't quite as good as LSU was whenever Eric Berry was at Tennessee because when Matthew was at LSU, they played in every primetime game that year. But Eric Berry was a huge name coming out of college. Then he gets into the NFL and continues to put up numbers and be out there game after game after game. Then they started to get good. Then the Chiefs started to be a legitimate contender in the NFL. And that's when a lot of his problems began, whether it was the Hodgkins lymphoma or if, or if it was him rupturing that Achilles the first time, then it turned into the heel. And the last four years don't really indicate, maybe the last three years don't really indicate how good he was for a stretch. Yeah, he really hasn't played very much the last two or three years. He's just Well, he got hurt in the first game of the 17. 2017 season. Right, and he was done. And he did not play the rest of that year. Then this past season, he played, what, at the very end of the year? Yeah, all year long they were saying, well, he's questionable. Day-to-day. Yeah, day-to-day. Well, he was day-to-day for like 12 games. Then he played one game, then he didn't play again, and then he tried to save himself for the playoffs. I think he played in the Chargers game. Yeah. The one where they ended up losing at the very end because he played the first half of that game. Yeah, he played. didn't play the second half. He played the first halves of games, and in those games the Chiefs were really good on defense. And then when he went out, it was very noticeable when he went out. And then it was really sad to see the way his career likely ended in Kansas City. And that was with the playoff game against the Patriots, where you had seen so many different times Eric Berry matched up against Rob Gronkowski. And this was Rob Gronkowski at his absolute best. Yeah, There were not many other times where Gronkowski was any better in his career. And Eric Berry would shut him down. Now, the Patriots would tend to find other ways to win, but the Eric Berry-Rob Gronkowski matchup, those were maybe the two best players at their position. But then, when you get to this playoff run, Gronkowski is worn down. He can't even hardly run. He can't make cuts. He can't break out of his turns. And then you throw Eric Berry at him, who can't run. He can't cu- defend. It was, it was a couple dinosaurs is what it was. And Rob Gronkowski owned him Yeah, the entire game. I still get that image of Eric Berry piggyback riding Gronkowski and Gronkowski carrying him about six yards. Down to the goal line. Yeah, down the field. And Eric Berry just didn't have anything left in the tank. So I don't think, I don't think this is one that's going to ca- cause a hue and cry in Kansas City. The D Ford trade for a second-round pick in 2020 now that's caused a lot of Chiefs fans to be uh very outraged I don't think the Justin Houston release bothered the Chiefs that much no. or the fans because they saw how much money he was making in fact I think some Chiefs fans were like he's making all that money and that's all we're getting out of him because he was okay this year he wasn't yeah, anything he was great. okay he was okay but and he was let's face it he's only going to get worse because he's getting older so I don't think the Houston and the Barry cuts are going to bother Chiefs fans that much. But still, you got to have replacements. And like you say, I think they're working on some big plan. Uh, they're probably going to they're going to go linebacker now, I think, in the first round. I didn't think they would. But now I think the best linebacker on the board is going to be their pick uh, in the first round. They might even take a linebacker in the third round. So 
they're gonna it's gonna be a defense heavy draft for the Chiefs. Do you remember or do you have a specific Eric Berry memory that stands out to you? I don't. Not not like uh, like Christian Okoye running into Steve Atwater that that kind of memory. Uh, but Eric Berry was just a classic. Oh yeah, I do the Atlanta game mm-hmm. where I believe he returned a blocked extra point was it for a two point conversion so remember earlier in that game he had a pick six right and he was playing back in atlanta for the first time since doing cancer treatment in that right. same town right so he had a pick six at one point in the game then atlanta was down by two it must no they went up by one yeah with a touchdown late right so they were going for two and they threw a pass over the middle and Barry caught it on the goal line and returned it the other way on a two-point conversion to give the Chiefs a one-point lead. Right. Plus, they got the ball because Atlanta was right. kicking off. Yeah. That was a really fun memory. That's, had, the, that's the best one I can remember. He had a pick six against Carolina. It must have been in that same year where later on in the game, Marcus Peters had the game-sealing strip and the fumble recovery and punted the ball into the stands. But... Barry had a really cool pick six in that game. You know, when you looked at him on the sidelines this year, though, he looked like a, a shot player. I mean, he a just sad man. It, yeah, it, you know, he just, uh, you know, I know he couldn't play, but physically, he didn't have that, you know, that muscular, physical. You know, he was just so physical when he played, but but now he just he looks like he's just worn down. And he's just out there just trying to hang on. So now we sit around on our computers and, and watch the, the wire come down and try and wait for the next big move for the Chiefs, and we'll see what happens there. But Eric Berry no longer a Chief. Justin Houston no longer a Chief. D. Ford, see you later. We're running out of people. Demetrius Harris. Demetrius Harris. Mitch Morse. I, I was going to say we're running out of jerseys for people to have, but I don't think very many people have Demetrius Harris. I think, they, I think Harris. They're, down, they're down about five players now, five or six, that they've lost. They've picked up two. And I think they've lost five, so they're minus three right we'll now. We'll have to sub out that Eric Berry jersey with a Tyron Matthew jersey. He'll just say Honey. And, you know, he doesn't like the name Honey Badger. He really does He does not like that name. But Did you talk to him about it? No, but I've read many things. That he just <laughs> he, he says, oh, I don't really like it. I don't pay attention to it, but I don't really like it. All right, Steve, let's take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk a little Big 12 basketball in a Huge slate of games coming up today from the Sprint Center in Kansas City. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve, this is one of those very exciting days for the Big 12 basketball tournament. It's the Thursday. We get the quarterfinal game, so that means we have four big-time games today. We've got Texas and Kansas late at night tonight. We've got West Virginia, the 10 seed, taking on Texas Tech. TCU and K-State this afternoon. Iowa State and Baylor, the early game today. They're playing right now. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be up front here that we're recording this a little bit early. Steve and I have 
an engagement to go to a little bit later but today. You do. At least I'm, I do. Yeah, I got a nap to take. Yeah, I think your engagement just involves your couch and watching the <laughs> Iowa State Baylor game. But I've got something that I've got to go to a little bit later on this morning. So we will not talk as much about Iowa State and Baylor, but these games are really fun today. I think this is my favorite round of the Big 12 tournament. Oh, yeah, it is. The semifinals are always good. I have been to the Sprint Center on that semifinal Friday night, and it is a very fun atmosphere, especially if you get KU and K-State in And the Iowa State. And if Iowa State's in the mix, especially if they win today against Baylor and get into the weekend, then Sprint Center is going to be a rocking place. But this is my favorite day I alluded to it the other day that it brings back a lot of memories for me, and it won't be the same for you, but whenever I was younger and obviously went to elementary school in the Kansas City area, and it would be Big 12 Tournament Day, we didn't do a whole lot of work on this Thursday of the Big 12 Tournament. And if I remember right, we had more than just one day that was like this, and maybe it was just because we were watching the ACC Tournament some, but... This Thursday in particular, we didn't do a lot of work on that Thursday. And spring break was typically starting on that Saturday, and we're sort of a week We're ahead. a week ahead because normally state basketball week is is the uh, time for the uh, Big, Big 12 tournament. Yeah, because the K-Man. K-Man's up at the Big 12 tournament. So I can always remember on those Thursday mornings, especially like for the 1130 Iowa State-Baylor game, if KU was in that game or if K-State was in that game – our teachers were either grads of KU or K-State, or they were fans, and so they'd roll in the cart, and it would be the nap time day where we sit there and watch the games. When I was in high school, they would project the games on the big video screens in the cafeteria, and so people were just always so excited for this day. And you kind of get that same feeling today with the 130 K-State TCU game. I get the feeling... There will be a lot of people that don't do a lot of work today yeah. in western Kansas and, and here and, and anywhere because they will be following along with what's going on there. And I don't know if this if a win today for K-State would drastically impact where they would be, but I think we know that if they win out and they win this tournament this weekend, there are four. then they could slip into that four, maybe even the three range. But right. I would guess four. So it is important in terms of keeping moving up, but I don't think they move back if anything bad you, happens. Would you be surprised if TCU beats them? No. No, with no Dean Wade? I'm, no, yeah. yeah. No, no way would I be surprised. Right, because you take, you take Dean Wade out, it'd be like taking Diedrich Lawson out for KU. I think maybe Diedrich Lawson has a bigger impact, and they need him more than they 100% need Dean Wade. But Dean Wade is a very important part of them. Do you think about these types of things, especially because we saw what happened last year with Dean Wade and with his injury and the way that it affected this K-State team? And for the good thing, it didn't kill them. Yeah. And that they continue to find ways to win without him. But yeah. that was the talk of everything. Do you think about just continuing to rest him and trying to just go with him in the NCAA tournament? Yeah. Or is that something that they maybe aren't thinking about and it just will go day by day? I think they're just gonna they're gonna rest him all weekend. If even if K State makes you know, makes it to the championship game, this tournament does nothing for K State. It really doesn't. I just it does a heck of a lot more for TCU though. And like I say, it will not surprise me if TCU wins. It really wouldn't. 
the good thing for K-State as the one seed is this was a very good draw for them. And that is because, look at who's on the opposite side of the bracket. You've got KU on, on the opposite side of the bracket. You've got Texas Tech on the opposite side of the bracket. And I think the one team that K-State fans probably don't want to play in the Big 12 championship game is KU. Sure. Because I think if they lose to Texas Tech, they can live with that. Yeah. Although it would cement the idea that Texas Tech was the regular or the regular season champion. They should have won it outright. Well, I think I think anyone that's but really, I don't think they want to lose to KU. I think anyone, yeah, I think anyone who has been watching the last part of the Big Twelve season, Texas Tech's the best team. There's there's really no doubt to me about that. But I don't think K State fans want to play KU. No. Because the theme of this year has been Oh, we knocked off KU. It's been the best year. They finally didn't win the Big 12. Look at us. We're on top. But I don't think they want to play KU. Now, if they win, then and they win the Big 12 championship tournament outright. They're in downtown Kansas City. The purple is flying. They're flooding I-70, jumping on cars. I think it is maybe as good of a feeling as there can be. And let me ask you this. Will K-State fans finally accept Bruce Weber? Because I still don't think they have been sold on Bruce Weber. Even, I think people think he's a joke. Yeah, I, well, I don't know if they think he's a joke. but well, I, just, I think he, his, his mannerisms, not yeah. as much as coaching well, he does, he does. He says some dumb things sometimes. He's goofy. Yeah, yeah he kind of is. But You and him are kind of similar. Yeah, because I'm goofy too. But, yeah. But Bruce Weber has never been – he gets the K-State into the Elite Eight last year, and it's kind of like – yeah, but there's always that yeah, but yeah, but Virginia lost. You know, it was set up for, you know, for them to, you know, Kentucky wasn't, it was not a good Kentucky team, not like it is this year. So a lot of people are saying they got a, the luck of the draw. It's just always, it seems like there's always an excuse why they can't say, like, he's he's not a Bill Self or he's not a um, Lon Kruger, you know, because they still love Lon Kruger in Manhattan. I don't know if he's gotten to that point yet. And, Steve, I was not around at the beginning of Bill Snyder's run. What was that, 1988 or 89? 89. How long did it take for K-State fans to open up to him? Not long. Well, and part of that was because he changed the culture and built it. Right, But when you compare that to Bruce Weber, he came in after Frank Martin did the same thing. Mm -hmm. So it's similar to the second person. Mm -hmm. Who's the next person? Do you like this person? Because... Frank Martin was really well-liked yeah. by K-State fans. Well, he was crazy for one thing. People loved his craziness. He'd get those bug eyes and technicals and, you know, people just thought he was a nut, but he won. So, And he got great players. You know, he got great players there. And Bruce Weber is goofy. His mannerisms. and Well, and the other thing, people around here, they wanted Brad Underwood to get that job. Yeah. And Brad, of course, is at Illinois. And, uh, you know, he's... Of course, Steve Henson. People like to see Steve Henson. He's down at U, uh, San Antonio, Texas, doing a good job. I, I don't know how good they are this year, but uh, he's done a pretty good job down there. The other game tonight, Steve, that I know you will be watching very closely, KU taking on Texas. That is the 8 o'clock game tonight at the Sprint Center. The That will probably not start at 8. eight 8.30 Because probably. West Virginia, Texas Tech is at 6. Yeah. So it's probably more like 8.30, 8.40, yeah. somewhere night, in that Last range. night – the OU game started at 8.45, so... It was a little bit late for you. It was. I did, That's why I didn't stay up. It was a great finish, though. Texas and Kansas. What does KU need to do this weekend 
to get itself into what a four spot, five spot. Is that about where they're being projected? I think if they win the tournament, they're a four. I really that do. sounds about right to me. I think if they win the tournament, they're a four. If they go you know out, what seed they've never been under Bill Self? A five. They've never been a five seed. Well, I think they're looking at a five. If they lose in the first round, ooh. Well, Jay Billis has them at twenty-one, so that would be a six. The AP has them at seventeen, and I, I I'm very excited for Selection Sunday this weekend because there are a lot of questions. Well, this is know, not a locked-in year. This this is because this is a down year for college basketball. You take Zion out of the mix, and there's not been great storylines in college basketball this year. And Zion Williamson supposedly is going to play in the ACC tournament. With Zion, Duke is the team to beat. Without Zion, Carolina could beat them. Virginia could beat them. Gonzaga could beat them. Kentucky could beat them. I mean, they're a different team without Zion. As of now, Joe Lunardi... Joey Brackets, he has projected KU as a four seed in the same bracket as Kentucky is the one, Virginia Tech is a five, and K-State is a four seed in the same bracket as North Carolina, but they're projected to be in the Kansas City Midwest region. Boy, Carolina is playing well right now. Roy has really got that team going. They swept Duke this year. Of course, Zion did not play. in. Well, he, he played 37 seconds in the first uh, Carolina game, and then he did the splits and his shoe blew out. And, yeah. So I've got one more question for you, Steve. Okay. But I'm going to save it until after we take Ooh, our final teaser. break. I'm like the American Idol guy. I don't watch American Idol. You're, you're, not, you're not a fan of American Idol? No. Ryan Seacrest? No. Whenever he says, okay, we're going to find out our winner after this break. And then the crowd goes, oh, I can imagine that was the reaction everywhere. Sure. We'll take our final break. I'll ask Steve this question after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve, my question that I want to ask for you, it's a very important question. Okay. Do you think that Gonzaga should be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. They won't play again this weekend. They lost in the West Coast Conference championship game to St. Mary's, and they lost by 13. It was not a great look for them, but they were riding about a 17-18 game winning streak before that where they were not even being challenged. Their only other two losses, one to Tennessee, one to North Carolina. They have beaten Duke. They've killed Arizona earlier in the year. Do you think they should be a one seed? Yes. Why is that? Their body of work. I mean... You think it's good enough? I think it's good enough. You can have one bad night. Everyone's going to have a bad night. They had... I, I, watch, I actually did watch that St. Mary's game. I know, you know, I don't watch Gonzaga very much because I don't... I'm a big Gonzaga I don't fan. know any of the players, so... What about Rui Hachimura? I don't know. I saw it for the first time. But, Killian Tilly. But, yeah, but I think there's... I mean, they beat Duke with Zion... And 
they just ran roughshod through their conference, which isn't very strong. They won every game by double digits. Right. So they just had a bad night championship game. I think they're the one. And I, to be honest with you, I think the three ACC teams are the other three. I think Virginia, Duke, and Carolina are the what other. What about three. Kentucky? They're the first team outside. The, I think they're a five right now. See, Joey Brackets, he's got it shifted a little bit different. Mm-hmm. He's got Duke as a two seed, and he has Kentucky as a one seed. The other two seeds that he has are Tennessee, LSU, and Michigan State. LSU's too high. I've watched them. I just think they're too high. Really? As a two. Yeah. Because I think they're really good. I I don't I think they might be the most talented team in the SEC. Uh I really like Tennessee. Tennessee's very good, but mm-hmm. they their their strongest core are two or three guys. Do you think it's weird that the Big Twelve doesn't have anybody in those top eight? Yeah. Or do you think that's te- reflective well, that's, of the way this year is? It's been? reflective of the Big Twelve this year. Texas Tech, according to Jay Billis, is the tenth best team in the country. And then KU is eight. They got K State at eighteen. KU twenty one. I think Iowa State's twenty five. So it's not a good look for the Big Twelve. This was just not a good year. Do you get the feeling that this could be a really bad year for the Big Twelve in the tournament? Oh, without question. That this could be one of those years where they lose this, this, five games in the this, first round. This is going to be the worst year that the Big 12 has experienced in the NCAA tournament. Something tells me, though, that maybe this won't be a bad year for the Big 12. That maybe this is the year that they surprise, that they, that they surprise everybody. Where they I have don't those think years so. where they have so many teams that are threes and fours, and they've got KU as a one, and another team as a five, and they all lose. I and just they, don't and think better. so. I, I've, watched, I've watched a lot of Big 12 basketball this year. It's just not very good. I The last couple of years have not really thought the Big 12 was as great as the analytics typically tell you it is. I know that Ken Palm and some of those rankings have had the Big 12 as the toughest conference in college basketball the last I think some years. of that's got to do with a lot of scheduling of the non-conference. You look at the Big 12, there's been years where the seventh team has, they're like 11-2 and two or something like that, or 8-11-1. and you know, 11 and one. I mean, there's a lot of years you know, one or two losses at the most for about the first eight of the ten teams. Now, last year I thought the Big 12 was really good. Yeah. And I thought it had a lot of really good individual players. I thought the teams were pretty solid. The couple of years before that, I thought it was very overrated. Well, Oklahoma's down. TCU is not as good as we thought they were going to be. Baylor's definitely down. They're down compared to what they've been. Texas just can't keep guys. I don't know how they can't figure it out. They they keep getting – they. what happens is they get one really good player and he's there one year. And then they got a bunch of mediocre players. Shaka Shaka's smart. They got to look at what he's doing there. West Virginia, look at how down they are. Yeah. They went from second or third best team in the conference to the well, worst team in the conference. When they lost Kanate early, that was that killed their season. Oklahoma State hasn't really been any good since they had Marcus Morris and Forte and and those Marcus guys. Smart. Marcus Morris, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, he 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 was not on Oklahoma State. Right. Yeah, Marcus Smart, the flopper. Yeah, the flopper. Oklahoma State hasn't really been any good since then. TCU, like you said, Texas. The only teams that have been pretty consistent with where they've been, to me, have been KU at Iowa State, mm-hmm. and Iowa State is down this year. Yeah, Baylor had been pretty good, but they're the fourth best team. They lost their best player. He got hurt. K State has been that middle team consistently. They haven't been a top team consistently. And then Texas Tech the last three or four years has been 
really, really good. Well, what you don't want in the Big 12 tournament, with it being in Kansas City, Uh you don't want very many Texas teams. You want, you know Texas Tech's going to get there. You want the rest of the Texas teams to be be out because Iowa State travels well. KU travels unbelievable. K-State travels great. You want want those three teams, KU, K-State, and Iowa State, you want them to be in the semis. Time for your predictions here, Steve. Okay. We will let you bet on the Iowa State Baylor game because currently it is eleven o'clock. Although on the on the in real time when this is being played, it's probably about one. Iowa State against Baylor. Iowa State. I like. You're Iowa. taking the Cyclones. Yep. What about Eli? My friend Eli, who's a big Cyclone fan, well, told I, you last week, do not bet on Iowa State another game this year. Yeah, because he gave us some injuries in, and suspensions. And inside, coach in, he gave us some inside information. So you're still going to take them? Yeah, because I just don't, I don't like Baylor. Doesn't have their best player, and I think that hurts them. TCU and K State, one thirty, which I, probably means more like two. I think K State gets it done. Uh, I think it'll be close. I don't. T, TCU does a lot of dumb things in the games I've watched, so I think. Even though no Dean Wade, I think K-State squeaks it out. Six o'clock game. K-State game will get done. Everybody will take a little break. They'll go over to Power and Light, go to Johnny's Tavern. There you go. Go to all the places in those bars, and then they get a little sauced up for the nightcap. Right. West Virginia, Texas Tech. Oh, this will be a rout. Uh, You're West, feeling good about the Red I, Raiders? I look, I look for Texas Tech to win by 20. Texas against Kansas. In the Sprint Center, late game. It's going to be an all-KU crowd, but they're going to be tired. Like I said, they've been sauced up over at Power and Light for five hours. I'm going to I'm gonna go KU. I, I think KU's got something to prove in this tournament. Problem is, they're going to get beat by Texas Tech in the semis. Ooh. Yeah. So Steve says, Iowa State, K-State, Texas Tech, KU. I'm going to take Baylor. Okay. I'm taking Baylor. Ooh, this K-State game is tempting. Yeah, I know. It's tempting. I know. I'll take the Wildcats just for the sake of it. Texas Tech, KU. Okay. So Baylor's the only one I have different. Okay. All right, Steve, wrapping up today's show. For Steve Sal, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Next Tech Wireless and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.